All right, everybody. This Halloween, we're hosting a virtual live show with our good friends over at Cult Podcast. We're doing a double feature, uh, and it's part of uh, Panic Fest online tricks and treats event. Because of the pandemic, a lot of us aren't able to properly celebrate our favorite time of year. However, now we have an opportunity to have some spooky fun and help us out with some friendly folks in Kansas City. This is more, we're doing a, we're doing a team up as Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast, not romancing the pod, but it's still going to be fun. Yeah, so 25% of each purchase goes to help keep the Screenland Armor, one of our favorite theaters in America, in business. Additionally, we'll be releasing some limited edition merch. And from now until Thursday, October 8th, you can pre-order your own piece of Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast history. Tickets are on sale now for $20, and our shirts are available for $25. However, we're offering a bundle for $40 where you get both. It's going to be so much fun, and we can't wait to see you all there. More information is available at cultpodcastshow.com. Remember that these shirts are super limited edition and are only available for pre-order until October 8th. See you all soon. Mm, Ooky spooky. Ooky spooky. Consequence Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by the following patrons. Matthew, Brandon, Dave, Tristan, Kate, Sasha, Isaac, Ori, Evil Matthew, Karoon, Eddie, Nick B, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you guys to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you are a valued member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us online, join the Facebook group, nerds. And if you want to hear the continued saga of the Patreonicals and the other Patreon shoutouts, stick around at the end where they get a little bonkers. This being our listener request for the month of October, it is also time to thank our You Can Get It level sponsors. So a big thank you to Nicole, Ashley, Jenny, Jennifer, Richie, Kaylee, Mandy, Kayla and Aaron, Scott, Daisy, keeping up the good work. Shannon, Nick, Veronica, Jenny, Megan, William, and Casey. Thank you guys so much for contributing at the You Can Get It level. You all can truly get it. I think my favorite part of this movie was when the pool cleaner came back and tried to murder everyone in their sleep. <laughs> from the future? It came back from the... Da, 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 da. Come with me if you want to clean. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Sister, it's like, in the future, you have a dirty pool. I've come to save it. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies and you guys make me watch them. And when I say you guys this week, I literally mean the listeners because we did a listener request for October, which was the third Paranormal Activity movie. Now, this movie scared the shit out of me. Was it the first time you guys had seen it? It was the first time I had seen it. Yeah, actually. Really? Had you seen one and two before this page? Yes. So, okay. Uh, So I saw one with Phil Eisner who wrote Event Horizon because he was my teacher at the time. Yeah. And he was super cool and was just like, hey, guys, no extra credit or whatever. But like this is a new horror movie out that was it had a lot of buzz because it was kind of like the little movie that could. Yeah. At the time. And our class that we were in was writing for horror movies. Oh, cool. And so he was like, let's go on a field trip. We'll all go. And by field trip, it's like, you're all college age adults. Meet me at the theater. Yeah, we'll meet at the theater, you idiots. I'm not running a yellow bus. (laughs) Right. Uh, 
And so we we saw the theater and it was just our class and then a super loud family in the theater <laughs> who made it so much better because when she gets possessed, one of them just yelled out, she needs Jesus. And like in the <laughs> middle of the theater, which I found hilarious and no one else did. So I saw that one. And then I saw the second one because I had liked the first one so much. And I didn't like the second one. I was like, this is kind of dumb. So I never saw this one. I, I was just like, I don't need to see the rest of this franchise and just kind of wrote it off completely. I do that with like if I go see a sequel I don't like, I typically don't check out the next one. Right. Yeah. And this one's amazing. I loved this one. Okay. So, Mikey, was this the first time you had seen the third one? No, 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 no. I The first three Paranormal Activity movies, I loved. I saw all of those in theaters. Right. I was all about this franchise for, like, the first trilogy. I really liked it when it came out. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in theaters, and I really, really liked it when I watched it this time. This is the first time I had seen it, and I think it does a great job of telling sort of the continuation of the story, but in the 80s. Like, it very much is sort of the same movie as the first one, but the yes. technology is different, and, like... And when I say the same story, I don't necessarily mean like beat for beat. It's the same story as the first one, but they're sort of explaining what's happening in a better way. But they also right. have more limited technology. And I feel like yeah. the way they incorporated that and made it all make sense as to why he has all the cameras and like how he was able to capture the whole room without a wide angle lens that didn't exist yet. Like that kind of stuff I really liked. And I really like how they're retconning what was going on in the first two because I hate when movies don't explain what's going on and they're just like, oh, wasn't that creepy? And you're like, what was creepy? I didn't understand anything that was happening, right? So I really <laughs> like that they explain it. There are still some unanswered questions, but th there's a lot more explanations. So I, man, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I really liked this movie, but I hope I never watch it again because it <laughs> did scare me a lot. I just yeah. really, I like when people are like take a swing at something and really nail it. And I feel like they really nailed this movie. I just hate what they did because <laughs> it's so scary i do think the lore is the weakest part of the paranormal activity franchise oh for sure i feel like they made the first movie without any lore in mind and the first movie was so good they then had to kind of like walk it back to figure out the lore agree and in doing so in every movie it's like they try to add pieces but it's kind of like a story where it's like one person writes a sentence and then passes it to the next person and the next person. <laughs> so it's not necessarily like as cohesive. And what I found myself thinking about watching this movie is I really kind of forgot that it was Katie. I forgot that it was connected. And yeah. I think for me, that kind of made it a better movie. And it made me wish that Paranormal Activity was an anthology as opposed to a franchise. Which I think they moved to in the sequels. But by then I was just like, eh. Yeah, I honestly don't know if they do in the sequels. There's at least one that's kind of an outlier, and that's the one, because I posted in the Facebook group where I was like, how is this movie so good? Uh, oh, did I you? posted in the Facebook group. <laughs> everyone seemed to recommend one of the next three that is kind of an outlier. Okay, is that the marked ones? Yeah, and they said that one's the good one. Yeah, I saw the people talking about that one. As I was thinking about it, and I was like, if this movie could just not be a paranormal activity movie and just be this movie, I think I would love it. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I do love it. And it does exist in this world. Yeah. So. And Ari Aster like saw this movie and was like, oh, I have better thoughts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, the last 20 minutes, but the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I do feel like it is very similar, right? It's a group of old people doing a seance. Well, we should just get into the fucking movie because we're going to get to all of this. This movie kicks off with Katie's sister, Christy, putting together their nursery for their son, Hunter, who we met 
in the previous movie. Yeah, they're like painting and all that yeah. stuff. And Katie shows up to see the nursery and to drop off a suspicious box of VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, which contains a possible sex tape. Of their parents. Um, I know. Well, he wasn't their dad. That was a stepdad. Mikey, you don't want to watch a VHS tape that is just marked September 85 or whatever that includes your mom having sex with anybody. I do not want to do that. <laughs> now, here's what I think is pretty interesting. And I think for me, it's a, a bit of a hole. And I haven't watched two in a long time. I saw it like the one time and that was it. Did they cover why the girls don't remember this? Yes, they yada yada during the lore of like, then we wipe their memory. Do they? Okay. I knew that was a thing. I knew that they hadn't, that they didn't remember. Here's what I hate about this movie. Because in the first two movies, they talk about their childhood home burning down. It does burn down in this movie. It's very, at the very end, it's very fast. It's literally one frame. Is it? I missed that. I missed it too. I was like, where'd they get the photo in the first one that said that burnt down? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. So it, it does burn down. But what she says when she drops out these VHS tapes is that she inherited them from the grandma and she hasn't gone through it, but she doesn't remember them. So it's like she doesn't remember them taking all of these tapes as a kid. Then we cut to there's a crash on the floor. Everything's destroyed in the house. That's August 2006, which is from the second movie. Yeah, it's literally footage from the second movie. And then you can see another handheld shot that is clearly not in the second movie where the guy is like holding the camera and being like, Oh, it looks like the box of VHS tapes is the only thing that's missing. Yeah. Now, if every tape is just six hours of a day, this movie yeah. takes place over like a month or the flashback part of the movie takes place over like a month. It takes place over 14 days. Okay, so like 14 days. There are three cameras. There would be a lot more tapes yes. than just one box full. So like There would I, be like a closet yeah, full of tapes. There would be a ton of tapes. He edits them at the end of every night. At the, every morning he's editing them. Well, here's what I was thinking. So one of the best parts of this movie for me is that retcon technology. Because we are seeing it in the way that like our childhood home movies would be yeah where it's like you're only getting a piece of an event and then it's another day because they're just rewinding or whatever and so what i thought and this is just headcanon is that because we don't see every single day there's some sporadic days on days when nothing happened he rewound and then recorded over those tapes for the that next makes day sense. that very well could be yeah but the tapes are like organized by like month it's like yeah. august of whatever year it was um right. 1988 i think and then september 88 that kind of stuff i do have a problem with it being 1988 and i'll tell you why in about three scenes noise well let's get there so we get to a title card that says santa rosa california 1988 by the way santa rosa is uh, about a 45 minute drive from where i grew up is that close to carlsbad I, i'm only asking that because carlsbad is where the paranormal one and two take place they're about eight hours apart oh so that must be northern california then yeah santa rosa is northern california Moore Park, where they end up at the end of the movie, is Southern California. Carlsbad is Southern California. Yeah. That makes sense. I would think witches would be more Northern California. <laughs> it's definitely more of our vibe. Los Angeles wants to think they got witches, but they just got girls who like crystals. So... <laughs> And, and exotic dance performers named Crystal. So I dated a girl named Crystal. Oh, here we go. She cheated on me after five years. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, did you recharge her by getting her wet? That's a crystal thing. <laughs> I didn't, but someone else did. Just oh. like real crystals, it didn't work. Exactly. I'm glad I can laugh about it now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we cut to Katie's birthday party, and that's the home video that we're seeing. Yes. And we see Christy kind of in the background under the trampoline by herself talking to herself. Yeah. And her mom kind of brings her back. Uh, we get some interviews from the grandma who seems very sweet. They always do. And then we get an interview with who we find out is their stepdad who looks so much like Mika from the first movie. Yes, he does. He looks a lot like him. I mean, that makes sense. The family has a type. I get it. Yeah, but for a hot second, I was like, is that Mika? Is there time travel in this? And no, it wasn't. They just hired an actor that looked a lot like that guy. Katie, it's me. It's Mika. We got to go back. I fucked your mom. <laughs> Do you have any trash to fill this DeLorean? Um, I mean, it is the 80s. So what you're saying is it's a combination of Terminator and Back to the Future. Oh, Sperminator. Yes. And then every time time mika watches footage from the first film they fade out a little more <laughs> oh I he's not it. actually being dragged away by the demon he's just disappearing that's what it is <laughs> anyway we cut back to katie who is straight up murdering a pinata oh like, like unicorn pinata hate crime yes yes we then cut to christy who has a missing tooth and they're talking about you know the tooth fairy and these are kind of just a collection of like snapshots of their life the way that a home movie from the 80s would be i think they do a really good job of setting up the characters right because we yeah. do get to see dennis right the stepdad and they are mm -hmm. they married i wasn't sure if they were married or not or just like I, together i think they're just together but i mean he more or less is their stepdad because he takes care right. of them and he lives with them and all that stuff i thought they were married because the mom was like you should have more kids since you've married Dennis. She doesn't say since you married Dennis and she's really getting on her about how much money he makes yeah. and him using her credit card. Anyway, but in these first scenes, we get that Dennis is this quote unquote stepdad stepdad yeah. type person, right? But also he runs sort of a videography business and does weddings and stuff like that. We get all of that really quickly, which I like because I don't give a shit, but it does explain why he has so many cameras and the editing equipment and all of that stuff. All of that made sense to me. I like that a lot. Yeah. But it quickly like yada yada's over it and i mean within like 45 seconds we know all the key players in this movie yeah and and initially i was a little confused because i wasn't sure what to follow but the movie very quickly kind of figures it out yeah now i was curious if this happened for you guys when i watched this there was no title card no credits nothing at the beginning it just starts yeah which i like okay i like that i do too it makes it creepier yeah well it makes it seem a lot more found footage -y. Right. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I hate I hate when movies have like three minute credits where you're learning who the gaffer was. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. don't care. Let's get into the story. And I love that this movie does that. Yeah, it gets right into it. So we cut to camera on a set of wedding photos. We kind of like pull back from the camera and we hear Dennis, the stepdad, calling for Julie, the mom. And he's kind of walking through the house and no one seems to be there. But he's hearing things moving in the house. Yeah. And like sounds are coming from different places. So like yeah. when he's on the ground floor, like he's hearing bumps and stuff upstairs, which is right. sort of just like a loft area where the little girls sleep. So he like goes up there, sees the Teddy Ruxpin, which 
right. like that misdirect, and I like that they have Teddy Rexman in there because I had yes. one of those that I was mm-hmm. convinced was haunted when I was a kid to the point where I'd have to take the tape and the batteries out because it drove me insane. Anyway, so we see that Teddy Rexman, and then he would hear something downstairs, right? And then he went downstairs. No, he's he stays upstairs. Yeah, because he hears a door opening, and it's that tiny. I have it as an attic door, but it's just under the eaves of the roof. It's like a little crawl space. It's like a little storage space that you would put like your Christmas tree in the off season, right? It's like that right. size area. You put that's where you would put Harry Potter. Well, I mean, yeah, if he was upstairs and not under the stairs, yeah, yeah, yeah. My best friend just bought a house, and it has these in every room, and they used to connect from room to room. What? Oh, that's creepy. And I, they were like walking me through the house, and I was like, "What's with all these little haunted closets?" And they're like, "It's not haunted." And I was like, "No, it is haunted. Fully is." I just bought a place, and we are literally making a nook under the stairs for Natalie to read in. Oh, fun! So she has she has like a Harry Potter like there's a half door, and she can crawl in it. We're gonna drywall it up and stuff. It's gonna be great. But upstairs, we do have those like half doors that lead to like storage places. So I'm gonna have to burn down my place after seeing this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. There's no other choice. <laughs> He kind of goes to like crawl in there with the camera and he doesn't really see anything. Right. But he comes out and there's a jump scare because Christy, the creepy daughter, is right there. <laughs> yes. It got me. Yeah, me This too. got me real bad. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you so much. This got me. Good. Because I was like, I know there's, I was expecting the jump scare to be in the little attic. Now- I think because the jump scares in this movie really got me. I feel so seen right now. (laughs) I was prepared for like a traditional paranormal activity film where everything is very subtle. And I think a lot of the jump scares up until about 40 minutes in the movie are like people trying to scare other people. Yeah. And it scares you in which I think is a little cheap. But when it hits that like 40 minute mark and now it's like, no, all of these are legitimate scares and it's so much scarier. Yeah. I kind (laughs) of gave it a pass because I was like, I think they're just trying to like pad more scares into the front half of this movie. Yeah, I think so. This one, I yelled, Jesus Christ, flailed (laughs) and almost hit my husband who was sitting playing video games next to me. I legit have a very similar experience because at this point natalie was next to me we watched this in bed last night and mm-hmm. i like had my phone because i'm taking notes i jumped dropped my phone and she went really because she's not scared of any of this stuff it's very embarrassing i normally <laughs> stuff like this doesn't get me because i'm normally like it's gonna be the creepy daughter and like i just couldn't call this one for some reason and oh, it totally got me so good i will say this about this movie in general its use of silence is so good like yeah. i feel like a lot of movies would use music to build tension but i feel like because it's completely silent and you're like you're listening for things like footsteps yes. or the creak of a door and it makes you like lean in a little bit maybe not actually yeah. but like your attention leans in and that's yeah. when they really fuck you i hate it i think that's what something the franchise does really well yeah the use of silence and then i yeah. feel like it emulates when you're scared in real life yes the most because you're listening in silence and you're like i hear a creak like yeah. something is creaking around yeah and like not a lot of movies do that they're like dun 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 yeah but Christy just says, She's oh, at, yeah, she asks him why he's got the camera, basically why he's filming in there. Which is a fair question. Like, why are you walking around the house empty with a camera? Which just, you know, <laughs> controversial opinion. If the person who is their new stepdad is suddenly walking around your daughter's room with a camera all the time, 
Cause for concern. Absolutely. Oh, hey, um, new wife or new girlfriend or whatever. I'm just going to set up this camera in your daughter's room. Yep. That's a real Jared from Subway vibe. <laughs> Very cynical take, you guys. Very cynical take. I was thinking it the whole time. It seemed like they had been together for a while. The whole time I was like, is she okay with him having a camera in their room? Like, it bothered me the whole time. They had a, a very quick conversation about it. That's at least like an hour long conversation of like, I'm going to put cameras all over the house. They do yada yada over that conversation So I do hope that conversation was much longer And you know Some boundaries were laid And the girls knew to change in the bathroom Where the camera wasn't That sort of stuff yeah, exactly. Oh, and the fact that the girls never played with the camera that much. Like, if someone set a camera up in my room, if I was that age, that camera would be destroyed in, like, two days. <laughs> Mikey, I feel like that's what would happen now. Yeah. I'm worried about giving you one of my webcams for the live show. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the bedroom where the mom, Julie, is smoking some weed, and he's filming. Dennis is filming. She's like, it's illegal. Don't film this. And she's doing funny voices. They're having, you know, fun adult time. They're, like, flirting and stuff. I liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought they were having having fun and he does what mika couldn't do which is communicate openly about his desire to film them having sex yeah well and because of that and because julie is open to it we sort of get the beginning of a sex tape yeah and and he continually asks her for consent about it yeah. and then just in my notes it just says was this in the box of vhs tape i know <laughs> that's what, so looking back on it i was super concerned that they were making a sex tape and katie had that in the box Right. In the future, they went through this and they were like, oh, that's Christmas. Oh, that was Thanksgiving when grandma, whatever. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that would I'd lose my mind. Well, that's why Mika became her type because she's like, well, that's not my real dad. <laughs> oh, oh, no. So she was into it when she found it. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm out. <laughs> he sets up the camera and I feel like this is a very realistic sex tape taping. Having starred in many amateur films, <laughs> I can say it is very realistic. Especially for because they're kind of like nervous and they're, you know, kind of spending too long on the foreplay part because I think everyone's a little nervous about taking their clothes off. Yeah, it's never the angles <laughs> you want. It right. always ends too soon. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. It's I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but right in the middle of it, just as things are getting good. I only record round two. <laughs> Honestly, guys, that's a pro That's a pro move. tip. That's, that's, that's a pro tip. Because, <laughs> yeah. because it is going to last longer. That is a good, that is a good tip. I only record round two. But Holy right as shit. they're getting into like round one, a huge earthquake hits. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, hold on. I wrote a joke for this moment. Don't telegraph it. Just say it. <laughs> if this house is a rocket, don't come and knock it. <laughs> <laughs> and it does start a rocking because uh, an earthquake be happening. I do think there is a missed opportunity with a joke that he could have been like, oh, wow, this is really great. Yeah, whatever you're doing, keep doing oh, it. Oh, God, uh, you're really working. Oh, shit, the house is coming down. We've got to go. You guys are rocking my world. <laughs> Oh, Paige. But Paige is going to throw out some like California earthquake knowledge on us yeah, right now. I am. Do it, though. So here's my problem with it happening in 1988. Uh -huh. They're in Santa Rosa, which is Northern California, and this is a very big earthquake. For it to cause the damage it causes in the house, Yeah, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime big earthquake. 
and California did have an earthquake like that in 1989. Oh. And I actually know that because I lived fucking through it. And really? it was one of my first memories. Yes. So your parents were making a sex tape. Interesting. <laughs> no, it was my mom and I were at home. It was in the middle of the day. But oh. like... um. So that earthquake happened in October of 1989. Okay. But this movie very much has designed the earthquake that happens in this movie after the Loma Prieta earthquake. They're just a year early, which I don't know why. It could have been 1989. They couldn't get the rights to that earthquake. <laughs> Are you, you know how hard it is to get earthquake rights? It's super difficult. <laughs> well, it, I think that's what bothered me because I was just like, it's just one year different and we're not counting. Like, what the hell? Like, it's a famous earthquake, and you're in the place where it happens. <laughs> like, and also, we're not talking about how old the girls are. Like, we, we could fudge that age by a year. A hundred percent. The only way that that could have been sort of explained away is if there's dialogue later about how, man, we were seem to be the only ones that were really affected by that earthquake. Like, maybe yes. there was a small earthquake, but Toby or the demon or whatever really shook the shit out of their house. And I will say this, it's very clear throughout the course of this movie that Toby did not cause that house to shift because he wanted them to get it on and make a baby boy. Can we talk about the name Toby? Yeah, it's named after the director's dog. But like, (laughs) that's not a good demon name. But yeah. I understand now because my dog, I call my dog Demon all the time. Yeah, that fits. Well, I like to think of it as that's the name that the little girl gave it. Yes. And it's not necessarily that Demon's real name. No, the Demon's real name was Tobiathan the Hellbound. <laughs> it was just easier for her to say Toby. Well, I'm just thinking of like, I think this is another case of someone banking on that mythology around if you have a Demon's name, you control it. And so if he never gives the real name. Yeah. Well, that's obviously a fake name. What's your name, Demon? My name is Bob Bob Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jacob Swan. Swan Minson. Oh, I also think that the earthquake seems to kickstart the worst of the activity. I agree. The level of damage they have where they've got some drywall falling. They've got some stuff falling off shelves. The camera falls over and Steve's filming. That's a normal level of damage for an earthquake. If they Mm -hmm. weren't at the epicenter, that makes sense. Yeah, but they run to go get the girls and get out of the house. Yeah, they immediately run to get out of the house. The camera continues filming even though it's on the ground. And what we see in the video is that that there is an apparition in the dust. <laughs> okay. I had a really hard time seeing this apparition. Did you? I saw it immediately. Yeah. In this scene and like when they rewind the tape, I'm like, huh? I'm like his friend. I'm like, okay, sure. What is that? I, I just didn't see it that well. I honestly also thought you were a lot like Randy in this movie, but we'll get to why. I did see it immediately because it's like... you. You see sort of like a head and shoulders as the dust falls. Because Randy's awesome. He's the unsung hero of this movie. I, I would say Randy's annoying and terrible until he makes the one rational decision of this film. <laughs> so this, I also want to mention, so I was pretty critical of Wreck replaying footage. Yes. And it's because I think this movie does it the right way. Right. Like this is how, where it's in the context of another scene and our characters are learning about it and talking about it. There's a reason for them to be rewatching it. They're pointing out things that we may not have seen the first time. Well, and they're pushing the story forward, even though we're seeing the footage again. And right. we're honestly not seeing just the footage. We're seeing them watch the footage and we're seeing the equipment that he's using to like pause the frames. Uh, he enhanced it. Okay. Oh, that's not a thing. But yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, he puts it into black and white. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> he tells his coworker, Randy. Uh, that he's been hearing noises and there's something weird going on. And so he's going to start setting up 
cameras in the house. Right. Which is a pretty far stretch for just one incident. If I saw an apparition the way that I saw it in that video, I might set up some cameras at least for a night or two. I probably wouldn't set up cameras. I would just leave the house and never come back. That's fair. That's how they get you. Yeah. When, when you start setting up the cameras. <laughs> um, now, he sets up the cameras in the girl's room and he's explaining that the tapes last six hours. Yeah. So you have to change them every six hours. And he says that he wants to catch anything unusual or strange and he tells them not to touch the camera. Right. Part of his rationale for this is this is a new house. It shouldn't be making these noises, which is basically like the house shouldn't be settling like we shouldn't be hearing. But I have lived in a new house and they noisy as hell. Yeah. In fact, new houses are the noisier houses because they do yeah. need to settle. You know, they just sort of like pop into place. That's probably the worst way to describe it. But like <laughs> they do make sounds as they sort of settle mm. into the ground. But like wood creaks, if it's hot. It expands if it's cold. I mean, like that night and day. That's why there's creeping. that is true. Yeah, I lived mm. in an old house growing up, and it made those sounds too. And that's what they mm -hmm. told me, so I didn't burn the house down and leave. <laughs> so I don't know if it's true, but that's what my dad told me. So she's basically asking, "What do you think you'll catch?" And he says, "Whatever's in the house." And she says, "Like there's someone watching us." And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Yeah, I feel a camera watching me." <laughs> Asshole, basically. <laughs> and I actually, the way that their bedroom is set up, where the camera is facing the mirror, I think is actually really interesting because it kind of draws your eye around the room yeah. a little bit. It's really well done. So we see the first night, night one, September 9th, 1988, 142 a.m. So we hear the noise of a door opening, and then we see in the girl's room that christy the younger of the two girls stirs and she kind of walks over to the oh, camera man. and she's talking to somebody just behind the camera this was so creepy because the camera's set up right next to that storage door right and she right. walks over all we can see is like the side of her face and she's like yeah yeah probably we have to be quiet so we don't wake up Katie or whatever, you yeah, know? You gotta be quiet. Oh, yeah. so creepy. Oof. This little girl actor does an amazing <laughs> job. And the little girl she Katie does. does an amazing job, too. They both do. The so scene, There's a scene later where Katie's trapped in the bathroom and she's really scared. Yes. And I'm like, this is the most realistic scared little girl I've seen, yes. I think, in a movie. Yeah. Also, what do you think Toby and Christy were playing all night? Like, do you think the demon really wanted to play? No. Because I was like, they're playing hide and go seek all the time. I was like, this is so dumb. Yes, because I think that I think the a lot of the noises in the house are Christy. I do too. On Toby's orders. Yeah. Because we we do see we'll get to it a little bit later. He seems to be like sending her on errands through the house. And I do think that that will factor in later where I think there's I don't think it's laid out or explained well in the movie, but I had a headcanon of what I thought was going on by the end. Okay. So the next day, Dennis, the stepdad, is basically interviewing her on camera of like, hey, who were you talking to? Because I saw you in the camera talking to somebody. And she tells him about Toby. Toby is her imaginary friend. He's big. He's old. He's tall. And if she tells one of his secrets, she'll be in trouble because she says she, quote, won't be safe. Yeah. This freaked me out because if I mean, I don't understand how at this point they weren't like, OK, we're moving. We're getting you a therapist and we're caught like we're burning the house down. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I 100 percent might have like, let's talk to somebody. But yeah. I do. Kids do do this, though. Yes. The imaginary friend part, I think, is what throws the mom off. 
And kids say weird, satanic-like stuff all the time. Satanic-like stuff. Well, hell, one time my goddaughter just turned to me, like, randomly, and she was like, you're all alone in the world. (laughs) Well, that's not like a satanic thing. She's just very observant, Mikey. (laughs) It was the tone, okay? (laughs) She's like, I watched What If, and it answered some questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it did, though, Mikey? So they chalk it up to her having an active imagination. So the mom is like... She's just blowing it off. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, kids are odd. She's like, Katie used to sleep on the toilet. Toby's (laughs) going to be gone in a few weeks. I thought that was crazy, though. Katie asleep on the toilet? Yeah, who sleeps on the toilet? Here's the... I've done it as an adult, which is weird. I've done it as an adult, but not sober. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he asks Randy what they found in the tapes, and he basically says, surprise, we found that your family sleeps all night. Yeah. (laughs) Basically saying that, like, we haven't... (laughs) found anything and they're kind of debating whether or not back to the future should be called back to the past a a common debate (laughs) i did think that that was a very funny conversation because it seemed very 1988 to me the fact that they were talking about how the title is incorrect they brought up some good points yeah also it's a prequel occurring in 1988 they're back to the past like this movie is back to the past It (laughs) it is also a very meta joke you're right so as they're talking they hear something in the house and dennis is like do you hear that it's happening again and i don't know how they heard this this was minuscule and they're like in the garage and they go all the way into the bedroom to find it it does drive me a little crazy that when they hear scary shit their first instinct is to grab the camera yeah i would never think to do that well the one thing i appreciate about this movie that i think sometimes found footage really struggles with where again like you said you wouldn't have the camera you'd want to put it down yeah or other people wouldn't want you to have the camera multiple times in this movie people say why are you filming yeah and they question it instead of just letting it occur and there are times when the you know they don't film where they like set the camera down or drop it or whatever so they follow it into the bedroom into a mirrored closet and they open it and i knew there was going to be something in this closet and it did not matter i screamed (laughs) bloody (laughs) fucking murder this got me so this one got me so bad i was so mad like no joke natalie does not do this kind of stuff to me but if she did i would move out like i i don't think i could live in a house where someone scared me like that all the time my heart could not take it i would die because just watching it happen i screamed it scared me i do this to people at work which is terrible mikey you're a bad person (laughs) (laughs) but also you shouldn't do this at work those things are unrelated I frequently wear headphones around the house because I'm either working sure. or listening to a podcast to, you know, before it goes to air or something. Right. And my husband pretty frequently has not realized that I'm wearing headphones and either like grabbed me or come up behind me or something. And I have just screamed like I'm being murdered. Yeah. Same thing happens to me. I will be like locked into an edit on my computer and Natalie will come up behind me and I just didn't hear her and she'll touch me and I'll scream because it scares me. Yes. But I would have to break up with Julie. Like that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. We reveal that it's Julie the mom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He invites it on himself, set up these cameras. I do think it's fair. Once is fair. If this was a repeated behavior, no thank you. Yeah. That mask was scary as shit too. Yes, it 
it was. And it, it was so much that I expected the jump scare to happen when he opened the mirrored yes. closet door, but it didn't happen until he starts to move the clothes. The, oh man, that that extra weight really answered yes. me up for it and scared the crap out of me. It was so much of a beat that I had in my notes. They look into the closet. There's nothing there. I had already typed, there's nothing there. Yeah. And then the scare happened. Yeah. And because I relaxed, <laughs> it made it worse. Yeah, absolutely. That's And that's how they get you, man. Yeah. They call it the dipsy doodle. Ooh, I don't know what they call it. I don't, I don't think they call it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to call it. So we cut to the outside where they're in a tent or the girls are in a tent in the backyard. The girls want to camp out, which I used to do as a kid in the backyard, but I do think it's dumb, but I have done this. I have not because we didn't own a tent because my mom doesn't believe in camping, but <laughs> she believes other people do oh, okay. It. So she believes it exists. It's just not for her. I got you. That makes yeah, sense. Okay. She has on more than one occasion said camping is when there's not a Starbucks in the hotel. Okay. You know what's more comfortable than a sleeping bag on the ground? A, a bed. bed. Yeah. <laughs> so Dennis goes out to check on the girls. He brings some cookies, tells them not to tell mom. Yeah. Then we cut back inside for night five. This is September 14th, yes. 1988. 3.26 a.m. The girls' beds are empty, but we're hearing creaking noises and footsteps, and a light comes on and off in the hallway, and we hear more footsteps outside the door. Julie wakes up. She hears footsteps. She wakes up Dennis and basically says, I think the girls came back inside. Which is completely logical. I would think the same thing. We didn't lock them outside. They can come back in whenever they want, really. Right. But she says, go check on them, right? Yeah. So Dennis gets up and goes into the hallway. He turns the lights on. He goes into the girls' room, turns the lights on, back in the bedroom, and he's kind of turning lights back off. Julie gets out of bed to go after him because she's kind of hearing things in the bathroom. Yeah. And he comes running back into the room. That scared the shit out of me, too. Just that jump of him popping back into the room. This was the cheapest one to me. This was cheap to me. I was kind of frustrated with this one. Yeah, I didn't like this one. Yeah, but it still scared me. Yeah. So the they go to check outside in the backyard, and the door to outside is locked. Yeah. So the girls couldn't have been in the house, allegedly. Yeah. And she asks, did you lock this? And he says no. So they go outside. The girls are asleep in the tent, and they seem to be fine, but they bring them inside, which part of me is like, how about we all sleep outside? <laughs> like, uh, why are you bringing uh, them inside where we know there's ghosts? Yeah. Um, you need to sleep outside and then never go into the house again. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next day they're on the trampoline and he's interviewing Katie and she's saying that she didn't sneak in. Yeah. We cut inside to the mom and the grandma changing the linens on the girls' beds. Yeah. And this is where the grandma is being super passive aggressive about Dennis and his job and like, oh, he's buying more tapes on your credit card. Yeah. Or something well, like that. She also she's like the girls miss their father and we don't know where their father is or what's going on. Yeah. The, then the grandmother kind of really pressures her to have more kids. Yeah. So this comes from the lore thing of like they're looking right. for a baby boy. Yes. The grandma even says, remember how much you wanted a boy? Which is like yeah. her sort of supplanting that idea in her head. Which at this point in the movie, we don't know that right. the grandma has nefarious dealings, but like it just seems like a pushy mom. And yeah. and Julie does say she's happy with things the way they are. Yeah, she's like, I have two great daughters. I love it. It's great. You know, yeah. I know someone who has two daughters and has no interest in having more kids. That was my parents. They told me we yeah. should never outnumber them. 
<laughs> so we cut to the next day katie is learning to skate and randy is talking to dennis about like oh maybe it's like bloody mary which kind of plants this idea in yeah. katie's head where he's trying to get dennis to put more cameras in or rig some mirrors and this is where they create the fan cam yeah the oscillating camera Yes. Which right. I think is so scary. It's very scary. The fact that you can't see the whole room <laughs> and it's oscillating back and forth, even if there's nothing there, as it moves, and we'll get to the scenes where it does this, just it moving to reveal more of the room or more of the kitchen, that alone scared me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you that unknown of just like... Yeah. Now, the one thing, and I'll point it out when we get to it, there is a scene where this oscillating fan cam creates more of a scare because something appears on one side of the oscillation yeah. that didn't go through the previous one so we know that it yes. apparated essentially yeah I do love that when Dennis is telling Julie about the oscillating fan, he's like, look at this cool thing I built so we can capture both sides of the room. And she goes, you broke my fan. And he goes, well, I'll put it back <laughs> together. Like they seem to have a pretty good relationship. Mm -hmm. So night eight, which is September 17th, 1988, 4.02 AM. We see, or rather we hear something running through the hallway and it passes past the parents door don't we even see like a black flash like by, through the door yes. crack yeah yeah Oof. it's christy we find out it's christy yes and she's running down to the dining room table downstairs oh and she gets on the table and stands on it and she kind of touches the lights from the light fixture yeah <laughs> then then the fan oscillates back and she's gone why well, this is part of my theory. This okay. this scene is the whole reason I have my theory. Oh, okay. She kind of creeps into her mom and dad's room, and then she runs away, and then she stands outside the room, giggles, and runs down the hall, which wakes up Katie. Yeah. She says, Christy, what are you doing? And then she goes back to bed. Yeah. So I think Toby is sending her on missions to create the noises around the house to try and get them to think the house is haunted. I mean, we know it is, but like... To get to the grandma's house. Yes! yes that to get them sense. to the grandma's house. And that's why later when he's like, do you promise to do it? And she's like, yes, if I promise, will you stop? She's the one who plants the seed of are we going to grandma's? Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, Paige. I did not think about that in the moment, but I like that theory a yeah. lot. We cut to the next where she's painting she doesn't want to play outside her mom asks about toby and she's like ask him yourself he's standing right next to you uh, what would you do realistically in that scenario i'd probably talk to toby oh you'd play along yeah the first couple times yeah i'd play along if it persisted i would take them to a specialist yeah i had an imaginary friend mikey that does not surprise me do you still have an imaginary friend no yeah that, yeah that that's the thing almost every kid does but they grow out of it or it's kind of nonsensical and yeah. this seems a lot more serious and she doesn't seem to she seems to be growing into it as opposed to growing out of um it. mine had a full lore so i can't really was it like the patrioticals mikey no, it was a mouse who lived in the air vents and kind of looked, had Indiana Jones type stuff. And his name was Spanky. He had a family and they lived in the walls. Oh, my God. Are you sure you guys just didn't have rats? <laughs> yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> I think it also reveals a lot that his name was Spanky. Well, I didn't know back then. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what I'd be into later on in life. <laughs> It's not surprising because Randy shows up with books about malevolent entities and he says kids are susceptible to spiritual contact and this imaginary entity feeds off of fear. Yeah. 
So we cut to night 10, September 19th, 1988, 12.58 a.m. There are sounds in the house. The mom comes down to the kitchen and she's like eating out of a Tupperware. She turns on the lights. Oh my God, this scared me so much because it looks like she's digging down in the garbage disposal. She does. So the oscillating fan cam catches the light fixture swinging and then it swings back and she drops the fork in the disposal and she's reaching down into it. I thought for sure it was going to turn on and mangle her hand. Oh my God, me too. I was (laughs) so freaked out. Oh my God. I'm so glad it didn't. I hate that. Oh, me too. Yeah. It oscillates back. We see the light fixture swinging. It comes back. She's digging further into the disposal. It's like she's elbow deep in this disposal. Yeah. And then we hear the crash and that light fixture fell to the floor. Yeah. Oh, that's what Christy was doing. She was unscrewing that light fixture. Maybe. Think about this. And now again, this is headcanon. That light fixture is anchored to the ceiling above the loft, hanging Ah. down in front of the door. Christy's bed is closest to it. That little ledge that they have, if she had leaned over, she may have been able to disconnect that light. Okay. But also Toby can do a lot of this stuff. I mean, yeah, we see Toby do some stuff later on. So, I mean, this could also just be Toby. You're right. So we cut to the next day where Dennis is filming Christy having a tea party. With Teddy Ruxpin and a few dolls. Yeah. And Toby. And Toby. He's not allowed to sit in one of the chairs because Toby sits there. Yeah. And he's asking about what Toby has said to her. But then she says he doesn't like me putting a hand on him. And she's kind of giggling because Toby's telling her things. And so he leaves the camera there. Yeah. Purposefully. Because I think he's like, she's not going to say shit with me here. But like. Yeah. But if I can capture her side of the conversation, maybe we can figure out what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Active giggling. Oh, I hate it so much, Mikey. Okay, so it's a big red flag for like responding to internal stimuli, which is like responding to like if voices are talking to you and yeah. they're making you laugh and like like that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, maybe she maybe she does need to check. But, I mean, it's very but, rare for someone to do that that young. But I was like, y- oh, yeah. Well, but that's what I mean by like it's one thing for her to say she has an imaginary friend and tell me stories about an imaginary friend. Right. It's another thing to react to an imaginary friend as if they are real. Oh, yeah, she has full-on conversations. Yeah, and if your imaginary friend has a killer type five and keeps making you giggle, (laughs) that's a haunted entity. That's what I was like, so what is Toby doing to make a seven-year-old laugh? Like, what is this demon having to say? Like, he's like, hey, you want to hear me fart? My name's Toby. (laughs) I want to see Paranormal Activity as a comedy, like Drop Dead Fred, where Toby... It ends up being like uh, like Big Mouth with, like, the hormone monster. Oh, Yeah. yeah. So Katie comes to the tea party, sees Dennis's camera, and she says to Christy, only babies have imaginary friends. And she's basically taunting Toby. Oh, man. Yeah. And then she gets it. Yeah. This becomes an issue. So she sets the camera down. She crawls into the attic space to be like, Toby, come out. And the door shuts on its own. (laughs) The the camera catches it. The camera catches everything. Yeah. And it won't let Katie out. And she's like, it wasn't me, it was Toby. And it was. We saw Christy. Christy did not close that door. We cut to 7.30 p.m. that night. Lisa, the babysitter, arrives. She basically immediately dives into, you know, playing with the kids. Yeah. Katie wants to show her some new beads. Julie kind of explains why the cameras are there. Then Dennis and Julie go out on a date. Yeah. So we cut to 9 p.m. The girls want to have her tell them a ghost story. Oh. So she comes back under a sheet, puts the girls to bed. Yeah, she cut holes in one of their nice sheets. Yeah. That's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would be livid if my babysitter cut up my right? sheets 
and then did not tell me about the haunting that she experienced. That's what in drove my me nuts. Yes. So yes. So it's an hour later. The babysitter's downstairs, and she jump scares into the camera where she's like, "Ha, that's for you, Dennis." Where she's like taunting the camera. Yeah, but she gets it, man. She yeah. She's sitting at the kitchen table. And again, this is the oscillating fan fan cam. She kind of hears something and the fan cam oscillates from the living room back into the kitchen, which means that anything that would have gone to the kitchen would have had to pass in front of it. Right. So it oscillates back into the kitchen and there's a what looks like a little ghost standing in the kitchen. Yeah, I thought it was Christy. I thought it was Christy too because it's about Christy's size. But she would have walked through the first oscillation but of she that. She would yeah. have walked through the oscillation, but then the sheet collapses to the floor in yeah. a heap. There's nothing under it. And the babysitter, I don't know how she's not fucking terrified. Yeah, I would immediately leave the house. Oh, there's this part and the part that's about to happen when she goes upstairs. Like, there's no way I would have stayed in that house. The only thing I could think is that she thinks Christy or somebody got out of bed to try and scare her but i'm like you would have heard her you know like there's no way she's that quiet and also when the sheet disapparates you know that's yes. not what's going on well she didn't see that okay that's fair but when she goes upstairs and like goes to the storage closet that's making some sounds and then she gets like literally blown back yes she does not leave the house screaming that is insane she should be leaving the house screaming. Yeah, it, and it, it catches all of her reaction and everything on camera. She runs downstairs, doesn't take the kids with her. She's just like, fuck this house. Yeah. <laughs> like, she runs downstairs, sits by the front door, just like ready to leave. But she still waits for them to get back home. I yeah. would not do that. Based on what her reactions are, this is not the first time she's babysat at a haunted house. <laughs> maybe so the parents get there and she tells them everything is fine yes but she's clearly in a rush to leave that's what i couldn't figure out i was like tell them the cameras caught it yeah i mean they're gonna see it anyway which they do in like the next scene right also if i was a babysitter coming to a house and there was like 14 cameras set up i'd be like okay so you think i'm like a child murderer a thief or a murderer yeah, yeah or a molester or i was having my boyfriend come over and making out after the, the kids went to sleep or something like that right. yeah so they watch the footage the next day and this is why i think mikey and randy are a lot alike because when they bring up they had a babysitter come over last night and dennis is telling randy about what happened randy's really interested in the babysitter's like name and is she hot what's her deal <laughs> she's single. what's going on with that can you introduce me she was not a bad looking babysitter i was getting some real mikey vibes that's all I'm saying. <laughs> she was a redhead, I think, right? She was blonde. She was a blonde. No, I mean, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, Randy is like, you've got to tell Julie. And he's like, and, and Dennis says no, because she won't believe me. She'll make us take the cameras down. It's all on camera. She would believe you. I think that there is no way she would not believe him. She, he needs to tell her. She refuses to watch the footage. That is later. true. You waited too late. She was annoyed at him at that point. He could have got her right now and been like, Hey, I caught something really weird on camera from when the babysitter was here. Yeah, yeah, he goes about that whole thing the wrong way. Randy is the voice of reason throughout this whole movie, and no one listens to him. Right. <laughs> Just like Accurate. Mikey, guys. 100% exactly. like Mikey. Uh, 
So we cut to <laughs> night 13, which is September yeah, wow, 22nd, wow. 1988, 2.17 a.m. We see Christy get up again, and she walks into mom and dad's room, and then she does the paranormal activity special where she stands there swaying for hours. Yes. When they did that in the first movie. Oh. So creepy. <sighs> yeah, man, it scared me. I, I mean, and this is not anything new for the paranormal activity universe, but it's no. still super creepy. It's so unnerving. Yeah. That's what it is. It's unnerving because you're just like, oh, that shouldn't be. I always end up picturing it happening to me. And I'm like, that'd be the most fucking terrifying thing to wake up to. Yeah. So she stands and sways over their bed for, for like, like an, an hour. hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes back to her room and she's talking to Toby and she says, no, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going yeah. back to bed. She breaks up with them. She breaks up with him and this kicks off the worst of some of the activity. Yep. It's this paranormal toxic relationship. The very <laughs> next day, next day, Dennis opens that little door to like the little cubby and puts the camera in there and angles the camera up, which no one has done yet. And there's a trial triangle drawn on the ceiling yeah yeah the uh symbol of the deathly hollows definitely comes into play throughout this movie it does sort of look a little bit like it yeah it's a real symbol and i have notes on it okay all right cool cool cool, <laughs> yeah. cool. they used real occult symbols for this film but it looks like they're scratched in by like nails like like yeah. someone did it with their hand like scratching it into the wall it was very convincingly creepy yes back downstairs christy is super sick and they've got to go see the doctor. So they leave Randy and Katie home alone. Katie, now instantly left to her own devices with Randy and the camera, wants to play Bloody Mary. I think this is the scariest scene in the film. Yes, it yes. is. And I think this makes Randy a hero, man, because he handled this way better than I think most people would handle this. He handles this great. So he's trying to talk her out of it. And I'm like screaming at the TV, like, don't do this. Yeah. Why would you want to play this game to begin with in a house that's already haunted? And he knows it's haunted. I know. He has already seen the sheet yes. like fall to the ground. Like he knows it's haunted. He definitively knows this house. Yes. The house is haunted. So they play Bloody Mary twice. First time, nothing happens. Second time, there's a crash. They turn the light back on, and Randy then has a giant scratch up his torso. Yeah. And, and he handles it so well. Like, you could tell he's panicking, and, like, Katie's freaking out, and he's like, no, 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 like, this is totally a scratch from last night. Like, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine, yeah. He does a great job of keeping her calm, which is... Yeah. Oh, I would not have been able to do. I would have been shaking her like, we're going to fucking die, kid! Like, I'd have been freaking out. <laughs> when he peeks out the door and, like, the darkness engulfs that side of the room oh, and the my furniture God. all shifts, and then he just shuts the door and he's like... We're going to stay in here a little longer. I was like, I would be freaking out. Yeah. But again, a lot like Mikey, because Mikey's good in a crisis, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've never, thank God, I've not done like a poltergeist, but like. Uh... <laughs> well, essentially, because so he's staying calm for her. Yes. Yeah. He, you know, he's being the adult. They're hearing noises outside the door and something's trying to get into the door. Yeah, it's like banging and shaking the door. Yes. And Katie's like up against it, like trying to hold it. And he's pushing it with one of his hands right. and he's holding the camera with the other one yeah she's freaking out and she's a good actress too because she does a great job i was like are they really torturing this child <laughs> <laughs> it is that level of good acting though you're like i hope that she knew that nothing bad was happening like because she's very very convincing the the door's rattling somebody's trying to get in they peek out the door again as mikey kind of alluded to earlier part of the room just descends into darkness yeah and then they have like their little tea furniture and it just like 
rolls through the room on its own. Yeah, like towards the staircase, which I'd imagine was like trying to block the exit for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's thrown. Yes. Yeah, it's so scary. And he basically at this point is like, we got to fucking run. (laughs) Right. So he comes back in and he's like, "Okay, let's let's go. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay." And so they walk through the room and then he resets the furniture, which I was like, I did not understand this at all. If this was me, I would put the camera down, picked her up and been like, we're going to run out the house. You do the beginning of Haunting of Hill House when he grabs the kid and says, keep your eyes closed. We're going to run and hopefully we don't die. You don't say that last part, but like that's what you're thinking, right? right? And then you run out of the house as fast as you can. Right. But instead, we imagine that they stayed in the house the whole time. I think they did stay in the house. That's what the camera shows us, right? Yeah, because Dennis gets home and Randy is literally packing all of his stuff to leave and he basically says, I'm going home. Forget the books. This is not Casper the Friendly Ghost. This is fucked up. Yeah. And he's like, you're being ridiculous. And and he's like, no. And I'm like, nope. Randy's the only one with sense. Get the fuck out. He even says, just watch the fucking tape, Dennis. He says it. He says, what? it's all the tape. You got to get out. Yeah, you've got to watch the tape and then get out. And he again is like, you've got to tell Julie. Yes. Yes. He basically now is going to finally tell Julie. Oh, this is where he goes about it all wrong. I, I thought yeah, this was he- earlier in the movie. But he goes and gets her and like does not approach this the right way at all because he sets up what she's about to see. And then she's like, I don't want to see that. I don't think whatever. He should have just been like, hey, check this out. And just like shown her the tape. Yeah. Because she does not want to see it. Right. And he he starts it with this like it's a picture of these like witches. It's the same symbol I found in the closet. And I'm like, you should have started with the tape. man. Yeah, you're front loading information (laughs) she does not need until she sees the, the haunting part of it. He sounds yeah. like a, I mean, he sounds like he's delusional. He does. He sounds like he's a flat earther for a second, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll praise the dome. I'm just saying he sounds like that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> praise Jesus for the dome. So we cut to <laughs> tapes occurring ostensibly at the same time yeah. where Katie is essentially running through the room and gets stopped by Toby where she just hits like an invisible force. Do you guys catch that she was like chasing Christy? Yes. And the demon or whatever stopped her from being able to get to Christy? I thought that that was like really interesting the way they set that up. I thought Christy was leading her there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I didn't think so because this is when Christy refused to do what Toby wanted. So he starts torturing Katie until she changes her mind. Right. But I, we don't know exactly what Toby was asking of her. That's true. true. And we true. don't know if there were multiple things. I don't know. But so, uh, Toby lifts up Katie by her hair, which is a great effect. It works really well. It really does. Yeah. She's screaming. We cut back down to where Dennis and Julie are arguing about the tapes. Katie basically runs in and says, Toby pulled my hair. And Julie says, no cameras, but she won't watch any of the tapes. She basically says this ends tomorrow, which means that this night is the last night, essentially. Which if a person is really upset, there's no this ends tomorrow. This is this ends. This ends tonight. Yeah, this this ends ends right now. now. Yeah. People people don't do that. So we see night 14, which is September 23rd, 1988, 1.38 a.m., where Dennis is downstairs editing wedding footage, and upstairs in the bedroom, the TV turns on by itself. We hear the door open in the little girl's room, and Katie wakes up. Something falls off of Christie's bed, which wakes Christie up. It was Teddy Rusman. Oh, it was Teddy. Yeah, it was. Things start moving around the room, which was actually kind of a cool effect because just like little things around their room, almost like they're on a breeze. 
kind of move around, which is kind of cool. Katie is terrified. Yeah. And she's screaming and Christy is not. And Christy basically is just like, just ignore it. You've got to just ignore Do it. You, okay, quick question. Do you think Christy can see Toby or can just sense yes. his presence? Yeah, I got the impression that no. she could see him, right? Yeah. She can see him. Ugh. Yeah, I think she can see him. Uh, so at this point, this is where he pulls the blanket off the bed. Katie gets pulled back towards the door. Mm-hmm. Everything is getting pulled towards the camera. Furniture, everything. I don't know how the parents aren't hearing it. The static TV. Duh. But like. No, they're banging. Yeah, you would definitely hear it. Especially when Katie gets pulled. She's like dragged on the floor. You would hear her body hit the floor and then get pulled back in. Yes. There's, I mean, a million and a half times in this movie, people are screaming in a quiet house and no one hears it. (laughs) Yeah. Especially, especially in the end. So at this point, Christy's not scared christy is basically just like katie ignore it like stop it just let him pull you basically and finally when katie's not calming down christy comes up and just this is where she says i'll do it just let her go well that's after katie gets pulled like into the storage space or like over in that corner that we can't see her anymore and then christy runs over sort of like the first time we see her talk to toby and that's when she's like let her go i'll do it just let her go and then he does let katie go Right. He does let Katie go. And the TV turns off in the mom's room. Dennis is still downstairs. We cut to the next day and we see Christy talking to the mom. And the mom just says, we're not going to grandma's house. Yeah. Basically, we see that kind of Christy and Katie are almost like both kind of collaborating to try and ask to go to grandma's house. And Julie, the mom, literally says, we're not going to grandma's house. There is no Toby. Yeah. And she says, I need things to get back to normal. Yeah. Here's how I wish the movie would have gone. Like after this part, it goes normal a little bit. Yeah. And then Toby gets Christy to light the house on fire. (laughs) You've got to leave at that point. I thought that the thing she was agreeing to do to get him to stop hurting Katie was to kill the parents. Oh, no. I thought if it's just trying to get them to grandma's house, I thought I think she should have burned the house down. I think it would have been a cooler thing. It would have been, although I really like the effect that happens instead, because it's clear at this point that the mom is not going to believe anything that Dennis or the girls say. Right. She she needs just proof. And Toby gives her proof right here. (laughs) Toby gives her proof, which is I think this is one of the coolest practical effects in this movie. Oh, this is such so a great. fucking cool. I loved it. I couldn't agree more, man. It's so effectively scary, but 100% practical. So she's in the kitchen. She hears a knock at the door. She goes to answer the door. Fan cam follows her. Yeah. And then when the fan cam comes back, she walks back into the kitchen and the kitchen is empty. Yeah. Nothing is on the <laughs> counters. Nothing's on the floor. Their table and everything's gone. And I was like, Toby stole everything. <laughs> well, and I, and I was like, does she think she's been robbed? And before I could even form the thought, every single thing in their kitchen clatters to the floor around her, just like crashes around her. And then she's like, Dennis, get the kids. We're getting the fuck out. Yeah, they're just immediately <laughs> gone. But it was so, it was not what I was expecting. It was such a cool effect. I rewound it. I loved it. It was so good. It was so well done, but it is really scary. I didn't jump. It wasn't like a jump scare, but I was like, oh my God, you've got to get out of here. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't I didn't jump because I was too busy. Like, how did they do that? Because they filmed this in a real house. Yeah. This is why I like haunted house films, like shit like this. So we cut to, it just says Moore Park, California, September 1988. Now Moore Park, California is Southern California. So they had at least a five to six six hour 
probably a little bit longer drive. Okay. So the girls have fallen asleep in the car. They get to grandma's house. Grandma has apple pie. I think you mean apple dye. Oh, yeah. Mikey. I love it, though. <laughs> so he's got the camera. He asks Katie how it's going. And then he follows Christy into the room where she's drawn to that unicorn painting. Which I get. She's a little girl who doesn't love a unicorn, but she's not looking at the painting. Yes. She's looking right under the painting. And I was like, oh, I don't like the way she's looking at that. <laughs> I immediately knew that something was up because she's trying to get her fingers under the frame. Yeah. And I was like, there's something behind that painting. And there is, Paige. There is. So we cut to upstairs. They're playing dress up. Oh. Christy mentions Toby. Well, no. The reason she mentions Toby is because Christy is dressed like a bride. And then the mom says, who's the bride? And she goes. Or "Who's who's the groom, Toby? Yeah. Yeah. She puts a stop to that shit right there, which I think is great. Obviously put a stop to that. But grandma is definitely in on it at this point (laughs) because grandma was the one who was dressing her up like a bride the second i saw grandma dressing her up like a bride i was like grandma's the witch and this was all a ploy to get to grandma's house oh my god oh my god oh my god yep yeah i didn't realize that this whole thing was a ploy to get them there but i knew grandma was in on it right here yeah and so everyone goes to bed the two girls are in the big bed together and then i do love that they have that conversation as dennis and julie are getting in the bed about why why doesn't your mom let us sleep in the same bed? Because I've had a very similar conversation around the holidays, and it's always weird. This is why I think they aren't married. I know. I think they're not married uh, either. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot more them. sense. Because that seems like a rule that someone who, um, you know, grew up in the 80s would have to abide by. Weird judgment call for a woman who's selling her daughter to a demon. Exactly (laughs) Literally selling your granddaughter to a demon I'm drawing the moral line At my daughter sharing a bed with a man And also she was like Don't you want to have another kid Like she she knows and is actively Encouraging their sex life That's that's some mixed messages It's a weird line to draw Mikey You're absolutely right I'm okay with my granddaughter marrying a demon But I can't have my daughter having premarital sex In my house Well Toby's only mad because Christy Started selling Toby's chocolate chip cookie recipe because that's one of his secrets that she said he would get angry about. So it's like Toby's chocolate chip cookies. Is that a real thing? No, that's just a very long way to go. But that is a fun secret for a demon to have. You like, I put sea salt on it, but you can't tell anybody. If you tell them, I'll kill your family. <laughs> what would a demon tell a little girl that's a secret he would get angry about? And he's like, I have the perfect recipe for lemonade so you could make money to burn your family's house down. I have the cure for AIDS. You can't tell anybody or else. Holy shit. Christy, I've been in hell a long time. Come over here. Do you want to know who killed Kennedy? (laughs) Hey, hey, Christy, fun fact. I'm Jimmy Hoffa. (laughs) Christy, come here. I got no one else to talk to. No one sees me. Here's a secret. Santa, he is real. (laughs) And he's in hell with me (laughs) Christy's like I don't understand a lot of these words Toby Christy Christy There's gonna be internet floating in the air It's gonna be called Wi-Fi You're gonna wanna buy stocks at Microsoft You can't tell anyone about Toby's Stock tips Christy I've gone back in time to get this sports Almanac but you're gonna have to help me with the Bully from my high school Anyway, but yeah, those would be fun secrets. (laughs) Those would be secrets that would make me giggle. I don't know if they would make eight-year-old me giggle. Yeah, he's he's telling like demonic secrets. He's like, Satan is lactose intolerant. (laughs) 
God smite his Billy to enjoy cheese. <laughs> That's what she's talking to him. Not now, Toby. I have to go back to bed. You're going to wake Katie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, Sometimes I get nervous. And, and I'm glad that I have a friend like you to talk. Fine, but you're like really loud and it's really late. You're like really bumming me out. Toby. Are you drunk? Like... Why are you texting me right now? I just, I have feelings for you and I know we've been friends a long time and like I didn't want to blur the lines because I didn't want to ruin our friendship. You're going to meet a guy named Ben who's really great for you in the future. No, I'm not going to uh, do this joke with you. Don't talk to a guy named Wallace. Hey, Christy, it's really uncomfortable in here because I'm on an air mattress, but I'm also kind of spiny because I'm a demon. And like, I do love the idea that he's just like going through air mattresses because his spine keeps popping. Oh, them. damn it. He doesn't even have blankets in there. That's why he was pissed off at the babysitter because she took his sheet and cut holes in it. Do you know how cold it gets here at night? I'm used to hell. It's a hot, arid climate. Anyway, we gotta move on. Yeah, we gotta move on. We literally vamped for five minutes about secrets a Toby would tell. I love it though. Oh, one last one. <laughs> Toby secrets. I sell Amway. <laughs> Have you ever considered your Lord and Savior Joseph Smith? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a book I would like you to read. <laughs> uh, so we cut to 1.22 a.m. That morning, night morning. Yeah. Dennis and Julie hear something. They both wake up. Julie gets up. Well, a car pulls into the driveway. This is the yes. seance people arriving. Yeah. Dennis gets up. Julie gets up. Dennis stays in bed. Julie goes out into the hallway. And Dennis waits for a bit. And Julie doesn't come back. And he doesn't hear her. So he goes out after her. Yeah. And we can kind of see. And he grabs his camera. And he doesn't look back at the footage. Because if he had, he would have seen that there was somebody in the hallway. Yes! That scared the hell out of me, man. Before he grabs the camera, like he walks like through the frame. And then as he walks through it, someone is behind him. Right. And then as he grabs the camera and picks it up and then starts to look back that same way, they're gone. They're gone. And that scared me so bad. It wasn't like jump scary. Yeah. It was very slow, but it was very, very creepy. And I thought it was the grandma. It looks sort of like the grandma's figure. I, You know, they really kind of play with this where you're not really sure if it's Julie or the grandma. Um, right. But he basically goes throughout the house yelling for people and everyone is gone he goes to wake up the girls they're gone he walks through the house downstairs calling for them no answer and at this point this is the point where i was like this house is silent and no one has woken up to him yelling through the house well everyone's already awake they're in the garage partying right so he's going through the house he goes into the living room where he hears a noise and it turns out to be murderous birds it's a bird again <laughs> <laughs> i was honestly surprised one did not burst into flame i know that's i mean that would have made it better uh then through into the dining room he sees a silhouette yeah and he can't tell if it's julie or lois so he goes around into the dining room there's no one there but this is where we see that the painting of the unicorn is down off the wall and there's a symbol drawn on the wall behind it and then there's another one on another wall in the room that has a pentagram drawn behind it yes, yes. and someone's lit all these candles yeah they got the yankee candle seance collection and they're like ooh, pine <laughs> yeah he sniffs and he's like i know demonic ritual scent anywhere <laughs> <laughs> what's that demonic ritual scent and 
Sprinkle cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you combine those? They're stealing my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes through the kitchen. Everything's empty. He goes outside to what I think is the garage. Yeah, it's like a detached garage because he walks through like this section, which is pretty common in San Diego. Yes. Or like Southern California. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I just have in my notes, maybe Toby was trying to convince them to ask to go to grandmother's house to do this. So like... This is where I started figuring it out. So he goes to the garage, he opens the door, and there's a full-blown coven in there. Oh, yeah, it's like six people, and they're they're not naked. That's an Ari Aster move. But they start (laughs) walking towards him, which is also very creepy. But they're really old and frail. Yeah. Why did you want... Why would you not fight them right now? (laughs) You're thinking just... I would love to see just like one hand holding the camera, other hand haymakering old people in the face. And that's a big camera. Just boom, boom, <laughs> boom. I, I guess this is just how I handle conflict. I mean, I, I have to imagine that, that they have better powers than that, as we see later, or they're going to like Tony Collette on the ceiling. I don't know. I mean, I feel yeah. like they're not going to see it coming. I'm going to just get one or two. Like if I'm going down, I'm taking two old ladies with me. You hear that, ladies? Ladies, I didn't understand why he didn't just fucking run at this point. Yeah, he like calmly walks back into yes. the house. No, yeah. I would have been like, what do you want? What are you doing here? Where's my Where's my daughters? Where's my wife? And if they didn't answer, I would just start swinging. <laughs> yeah, I do it. Man. I think you, that's a, I think that's a quick way to get your spine bent in half. But you know what? I want to go out like that. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor like I think oh. this does sort of make sense though cuz we know that if Mikey's going to get in a fight it's going to be with the super young <laughs> or frail and old. <laughs> those are his wheelhouses. I'll get fights with somebody like my own size if they're coming for me but in these movies it's always like <laughs> fragile population. I just want to see you and like the visit Going over and like beating the shit out of those old people and stealing your kids and leaving. Yeah. And you know what? So, <laughs> in court, that footage would back my play. <laughs> uh, your honor, I have a tape I need to play for you. Uh, that's the oven. They put my kids there. Okay. No one touches my kids. <laughs> also, my lawyer has some comments. Oh, yes. Lawyer Toby here. Uh, there was no prenup. That's my secret. He gets the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like I like lawyer Toby. I like this a lot. <laughs> Dennis, here's Toby's secret. Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so he calmly walks into the house calling for Julie. He gets to the stairs where she's at the top of the stairs. And I looked at it and I was like, this doesn't look right. And then he continues up the stairs where we see that she is fucking floating and fuck that shit. Yes. Honestly, it looked like she's being hung. Like she doesn't have a noose around her neck, but it looks like she's being hung like that. Right. And her toes are not touching, but almost touching the ground. Yes. It is so eerie and creepy. I hate it. You're right, Paige. He should have. We're both right, actually, because your physiological <laughs> response to something like this is fight or flight. So you're either going yes. to run like hell or you're going to beat up old women. There is no in between. Yeah, there's no third option that's like calmly walk yeah. through the house. Yeah. And being like, oh, my wife's floating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's super weird. Right. And then her body, and it is her body because she doesn't get up after her body falls down the stairs onto him. Yeah, it's like almost like it's thrown at him. Yeah, she threw herself at him. Yeah. <laughs> so Christy appears in the doorway. He runs to try and save her, and Christy is clearly scared. Somebody's trying to get into the door. We hear commotion outside. The lights go dark. He goes to open the door, and we see somebody run past it. 
He looks out the back windows as if they could try to go outside, but there's a full-blown fire circle on the lawn. Like, they have already started whatever their ceremony is. He sees Katie crouched by the stairs, facing away from him where her mom's body is laying, and Katie's already not right. We can tell at this point it's not going to be good. And so he goes and touches her shoulder. She turns. Uh -uh. She is a demon. He falls, breaks a lamp, and, like, hurts his leg, basically. Because she was crying? I thought that she was just... Yeah. Katie is, like, holding onto the stairs, and her mom's right there. Like, not moving. I thought maybe Katie had seen that and started crying and was just, like, needing comfort. And that's why it sort of got me. Because in my mind, I was like, maybe... This is going to be a jump scare, but also it could very well just be a little girl who found her mom dead. Mm-hmm. You know, when she turned around and had the demon face, I jumped and it scared the shit out of me. I hated it. She runs away. She's gone. Yes. He tries to crawl across the room and then the grandma shows up. And at this point, we're like, grandma's evil. Oh, yeah. And we see an unseen force basically stomp him down on the floor and then his back bends the wrong way basically breaking his back oh yeah yeah i saw that and i was like how did they do that like practical effects wise well toby's secret was that he was a chiropractor the whole time (laughs) (laughs) oh man i think the legs maybe aren't real yeah, it's got to be something like that, right? Yeah, and, and he's like on his knees in the front bending. I don't know, but it looked amazing. So he's very dead. Oh, yeah, he's split in half dead. Yeah. Yeah, Christy calmly walks away over to Grandma. Katie joins Grandma, and they kind of as a group go to walk away, and then Christy says, come on, Toby. Yeah. Yeah, Grandma even says something like, let's get ready before they walk away. Yeah. And then that's when she looks back and says, come on, Toby. Come on, uh. Toby. We get a little bit of static and there is a frame in the static of the parents bed on fire back at the house. I did not notice that. I I did not see it. That's cool. I did not see it. Yeah. And that's That's the the movie. movie. Roll credits. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think? Final thoughts. Hit me with them. This is really good. I thought this was a really good one. Yeah, man. I think it was a really good movie. Although, again, I hope I never watch it again because it's super scary, man. Yeah, this really this movie got me. Yeah. I like I think this is going to be the highest rating I've given something on this show. Wow, really? Yeah, cuz nice. I I the jump scares actually got me. The little girls were so good in it. There's so many like great unnerving parts. Yeah. By the end, it's super tense and super scary, but I was having so much fun with it. It wasn't as scary at that point, but like Man, this movie is good. Yeah, I loved it. I watched it during the day because I knew I'd be scared of it. I watched it during the day, too. Full disclosure. <laughs> I, w- I watched it last night because I knew that I also had to watch. We're working on the live show right now. So I had to watch the movie for the live show. And I knew that would be a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll just watch that after and I'll be fine. So Yeah. Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Hit us with your fun, fun facts. facts. So towards the beginning of the movie, uh, Julie takes a picture of Katie standing in the driveway shortly before they take a group picture. And that photo appears in both the first and second paranormal activity movies. Ah, that's the photo with that's burned. Okay, interesting. As an indication that the demon has started haunting them. So most of the scenes in the trailer for this movie were not in the actual movie. Really? Yes. That's insane. Yeah, they made a whole separate trailer full of stuff not in the movie, and it's because they had enough footage at the end of this movie to make a second 
completely different version of the movie. What? what? That's wow. Okay, that is nuts. Isn't that crazy? That's like what we do in the shadows level of filming. Like that's yes. amazing. The scene with Christie's loose tooth was real. She, the little girl playing her, showed up on the set and had a loose tooth, and so they filmed it. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. The symbols that appear on the wall in the grandmother's house are simplified versions of uh, the pentagram of Solomon okay. inverted, because as above, so below. Sure. And the Triangle of Solomon, both symbols depicted in the Lesser Key of Solomon, which is a book of demonology. So it's allegedly a grimoire used to summon and constrain demons, but also just, you know, don't summon demons. Yeah. Why mess around with that kind of shit? Well, I mean, you want Toby's chocolate chip cookie recipe. I mean, you got to figure out what Toby's legal advice is. <laughs> <laughs> so the film takes place in September of 1988 with certain dates highlighted between the two weeks that the film takes place over. Now, one of the dates is 9-10, but they actually skip past 9-11, and it was actually a specific storytelling decision out of respect. Okay. Um, which I think is a little strange because it's, you know, in 1988, yep. <laughs> but whatever. But this movie came out ex like 10 years after that happened. I could see them being sensitive to that. Yeah, it's it was right around the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Toby, as I mentioned, was named after the assistant director's dog and the writer's neighbor's dog, both named Toby. There is in the trailer a demonologist, but that Per, like character doesn't appear anywhere in the movie and is never given credit in the final film because in the final film they never consult a demonologist so no, it, was they it was just for the trailer so there are whole characters that hit the cutting room floor of oh this movie. man that is nuts uh in the static at the end of the movie there's a frame that shows dennis and julie's bed on fire this is presumably the start of the house fire that, that's referred to in both paranormal activity one and paranormal activity two and that's the fun facts. Well, thank you so oh, much for your fun you. facts, Paige. Thank you. All right, let's talk some box office. Yes, let's do it. What do you guys think the budget for this movie was? I think this movie cost $20 million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 10. The budget for this movie was $5 million. Damn! Three <laughs> movies in and they're still not giving them double digits? Fuck this. Yeah, so $5 million for this movie, which is... A real cheap for a movie that is the third movie in a powerhouse series that have just been printing money for years. I did find as a fun fact, I didn't look up actual numbers, but this is the most profitable. This yeah, so we'll talk about that because you're absolutely right. It came out October 21st, 2011. That's a good time to release a horror yeah. movie. Perfect time for this type of movie to come out. It was the number one movie at the box office that week. It beat Real Steel, Footloose. The Three Musketeers and the Ides of March. That was your top five, of course, with Paranormal Activity 3 at the top. Yeah, so there's like nothing out and this drops a week before Halloween. Yeah, and the top five movies, it's the only scary movie the last week of October or maybe the second yeah. last week of October, right? So it's definitely going to be the movie everyone wants to go see. So how much money do you think this movie that cost $5 million made in its opening weekend domestically? I'm going to say 40. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I, I, I was going to go around 40. This movie was big time when it came yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah we were hyped and especially because it's good yeah yeah absolutely and i think that when we talk about final box office numbers we'll talk about that a little bit page yeah but in its first weekend out it made 52.5 million dollars and something else i want to point out 
Real Steel, that was number two at the box office, made 10.8. This didn't just win the week. It crushed everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It like laid waste to any other movie that weekend. So how much do you guys think it made in its total domestic run? Like over 100. Domestic, I'm going to say 200. Okay. So domestically, it made 104 million dollars but page internationally it made another 103 million dollars so it made 207 million dollars and then it made another 3.5 million in dvd and blu-ray sales so it made a lot of money like a lot of money and page as you said it is the most profitable one of the series i'm astounded that they are still giving them such small budgets for these so here's why i think that they have small budgets and the only reason i say this is because they're notoriously small which means the actors don't get paid a lot pretty much i'd imagine what most things go into are the effects and all the practicality that they're actually putting on screen i think some of the actors and definitely the people who write and direct these are getting points on the back end because they self-funded them originally i bet that their production company whatever it is owns the rights to it and so they keep the budget low because they're taking points on the back end. That makes because sense. Because if, if they're not doing that, you're paying Katie to come back a lot more than she made in the first one. You know, yeah. everyone who's reoccurring as a character, you're paying a lot more in the next ones because they printed money for you in the first two, right? And right. they just aren't doing that. So I have a personal theory that they're just all, or maybe not all of them, but some of them have points on the back end and that keeps the, the budget low. There's a method to the smallness of these movies yeah. because having people that we don't recognize, none of these actors are recognizable. It helps us feel like it's real. And I think that's why this movie scares me so much is because it looks real. I don't know any of these actors. Yeah. And all of that contributes to it feeling more real. Agreed. And I think they do a great job of that. Yeah. So just to update some numbers, the original production budget for Paranormal Activity 1 was $450,000. Okay. And of course, that made a lot, a lot of money. Paranormal oh, yeah. Activity 2 was $3 million. So okay. they did pay people more, apparently, in the third one. And then this one was five. So they have sort of gone up in budget. But yeah. they still $5 million on a movie that has been making... That's a micro budget. Exactly. Uh, compared to what they've made and have yeah. a track record to make. Like, if you went to a studio and said, hey, give me $5 million, and your last $3 million movie made $200 million, there's no one that's not going to give you a truckload of money. Yeah. Oh, and and this is Blumhouse. This is this franchise that made Blumhouse. Yeah, so that's box office. So let's do that scary scale, Mike. Let's do the scary scale. So the scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film watching it this time. It's not a scale of quality, but just a scale of scary. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Paige, go first. I'm going to give this a 6. Oh, shit. Which is, is to date, I think, my highest rating on this show. Thanks to a bunch of listeners in the Facebook group who got together and built the scary scale and Excel spreadsheet for me, I have this information page. So The Conjuring 2, you gave a six. Everything else has been three or below. I feel like that I feel like that's about right. I, I feel yeah. like I was about as scared of this as I was of the of the conjuring. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. kind of a different style. All right, Todd, what are you gonna give it? I'm going to give it a six as well. I was very, very scared by this movie. I don't think it was as scary as the second one for me. I think it maybe because I sort of knew what to expect. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, it sort of helped me a little bit. Also, we watched it during the day instead of at night in the pod loft. So like, I think that that was uh, made a little bit less scary for me because if I saw this in the theater, it's like an eight or a nine. Oh yeah. In, in a theater, this is solidly a seven, if not an eight for me, I think. So yeah. that's, that's what I love about these movies. And that's why I saw them in theaters, which was, they are yeah. so scary in the theater. Yeah, they definitely are. Oh. But uh, this time I'm going to have to give it a four. Okay. So this week, you guys made me watch Paranormal Activity 3. What are you guys making me watch next week? All right. So everyone, Paige, I don't know if you guys heard about this, is uh, new on the podcast. Hello. And we did uh, Mikey <laughs> Month once. And I thought it'd be fun to have do a Paige Month to get some of her favorite horror films and to do kind of get a sense of her horror style. Which is diverse. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is too, Paige. I'm here for it. But we're going to kick off Page Month with my 10. I'm so nervous about this because you've been talking about this for a while. Like, I'm very now, scared of this movie. Here, here's what I will say. I have only been able to sit through this movie once previously. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Paige, do I need to invite someone over to watch this movie with me? Do you want to invite me over, Mike? Um, well, so here's what I'll say. I saw this for the first time almost 15 years ago, my first semester of my film major classes in college, and I had to watch it in class. We were required to be there. Oh, my God. It was in a giant lecture hall of 400 people, so they just darken it. So it's like a movie theater, and we had those fold-over desks, and yeah. I had my laptop on it, and I was so scared that I was like burrowing into my hoodie there was a jump scare and I jumped and my knee hit the desk and flung my laptop, hitting the girl next to me in the <laughs> face. But she also was hidden in her hoodie and didn't know what hit her. Oh so my she God. just screamed. <laughs> I, I caught my laptop and put it back down on the desk and she just like popped out of her hoodie and was like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. And then we just went back to watching the movie. You didn't up to it? I did not. And I love that. And I did not sleep for like two days after, but it was a long time ago. And right. I feel like I may have hyped it up in my head, much like you did with The Omen. Yeah, I was eight when I watched The Omen, though. I wasn't in college. Yeah, you weren't 18, but, you know. Right. But it's been a long time. It is very possible I have hyped this up in my head. And as I have watched a lot more horror since, it's not going to be as scary. But that is the one that I have not been able to conquer. But I am willing to watch it again for the first week of Page Month. <laughs> to punish me. <laughs> it's a tale of two sisters. I've never even heard of this, and I am scared already. I sent yeah. you guys the trailer. Did either of you watch the trailer? I don't know. Oh no, Paige. Your mistake was telling me it was your 10 before you sent it. No, it's my so 10. I chose not to watch it because I want to go in with nothing. Yeah, you should go in with that. I do need to be very specific, and I realize that this is going to make me hypocritical for all of my comments about Wreck, and so yes, I will find the subtitled version and watch it and give an updated review. But <laughs> Tale of Two Sisters is a Korean film, and it is subtitled, Okay, uh, which might help you out, Todd. Yeah, it might. There is an American version, because it was remade, into a movie called The Uninvited, which is terrible. Okay. Or at least I did not like it as much as the original. Because even though the original was terrifying, I was like, it's a good movie. I'm just terrified and I never want to see it again. Then I saw The Uninvited and I was like, this is not scary. And this is a total letdown because it loses all of the fantastic cinematography. So... 
make sure that you're not watching The Uninvited, that you are watching the subtitled Tale of Two Sisters, which is frequently on Shudder or Netflix, always subtitled, pretty much. Awesome. Uh, so, guys, watch A Tale of Two Sisters for next week. Yes. I, I am not looking forward to this. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to your reaction, but I'm also... I like it's my 10 Dodd. So I'm willing to to take my 10 to see how this goes. Oh my God. So your homework for next week is to watch a tale of two sisters. All right. So Mike, do you have a review for us to read? Surprisingly? Yes. Also, you guys should check it out. We got some really good reviews this week. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for leaving reviews. We've been getting a lot of reviews recently. We're already at nice. 570 ratings. So Mikey, you ready? Yes. Uh, what you got? Piper MK. Okay. Leaves us a review called Keeps My Nights Less Terrifying. <laughs> okay. And she would like me to read this in a valley girl voice. Oh, hell yeah. <clears throat> High pitched. I don't know if I can get there. Do you, do you want me to do it in a valley girl voice as someone who lives near the valley in question? No, that would make way too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm a professional equine braider. Working all night by myself. <laughs> what is a horse braider? An what equine the fuck? braider? That's like a house hunter's profession. <laughs> yeah, but a budget of $3 million. Yeah, yeah exactly. Be. I'm sure she's like, uh, Lately, though, I don't feel so alone. I've got Todd, Paige, and Mikey keeping oh. me company on these long nights. Mikey, I love this. <laughs> Todd always makes me laugh with his reactions. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey gives me a good Mikey, idea. You're terrible at Valley Girl. I'm learning this right now. <laughs> Mikey gives gives me a good idea of how scary a film will be. I probably shouldn't trust his judgment that much. Winky blinky. <laughs> First thing they've said that I've agreed with. No, it's, I agree with oh, the whole yes. review. We're awesome. And Paige. <laughs> Had a soothing voice that makes the dark less scary. Oh my god, really? Thank that you. That is the sweetest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. But she used past tense. So I like I was like, what happened to Paige's voice? Did Paige die? Yeah. Paige tried to do a demon voice for like 10 minutes of this episode and has aged her voice this like 10 years. This from the future! My, my voice has sat on that machine from Princess Bride and it has just sucked one year of my voice's life away. <laughs> Not of 50! I'm sorry. <laughs> this was a really long-winded way, okay, to say, so saying, of saying, uh, that you three make my 12-hour shift so much cooler, okay? Uh, I've binged almost all of your episodes in two weeks. Two weeks? <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, my God. And I even got my horror fortune boyfriend interested. Nice. Thank you, guys. Bye. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, a Piper MK, five stars. for that amazing five-star review. And, guys, if you want to have your review run on the podcast, simply leave us that five-star review. Let's get us to 600 reviews, baby. As We're F. so close. <laughs> As if that was terrible, I get. I'm it. bugging. I, mean, I, I was surfing the crimson wave. <laughs> we should just invite all the Hadians. Um. Oh my God, Mikey, that was pretty amazing. Although I, I'm going to say swing and a miss on the accent. Um, <laughs> I think that's why people like when I do them. Oh, I, it yeah, is. It <laughs> fully is, Mikey. Yeah. I can only do Confederate Ouija board. That's like my only accent. <laughs> I can't wait till you get headshots and like on the back of your special skills it says Confederate Ouija board accent. I'm looking forward to that. Confederate Ouija board, secretive demon. 
<laughs> I want to hear a review written in, written as Toby's secret. <laughs> Toby's secret. Here's my secret. This is the best podcast in town that no one knows about yet. So if you want to get in on it, listen now. God, that hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Uh, Nick B. Fun fact. Oh yeah, he ha- hired a videographer for his wedding. <laughs> Okay. But then he taped over it uh, accidentally when he was taping an episode of Perfect Strangers. Oh, <laughs> I get it, though. Perfect Strangers was great. <laughs> I mean, the, the good news about it is he married Balky, so it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> Did he really marry Balky? No, I don't. Nick B? <laughs> Do you think? I'm so confused by your confusion, Mikey. The Nick B, B stands for Balky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Nick Balky, thank you so much for that awesome uh, fun fact about you and your life. We appreciate it. This episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori. So Ori was super, super nice uh, to me when I found out my um, storage unit in my uh, sort of loft second floor area was haunted. So I like left the house immediately and then she let me stay overnight at her place and it was super great. Like um, the only thing that happened was like I just ran into like the garage where a bunch of old people were having like a seance question mark. Mm. I too have made up a bunch of weird stories to spend the night with a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at at the end of it, Mikey, I did turn into a ghost. (laughs) <laughs> because I died. That's what I told him too. <laughs> <laughs> we now return you to another episode of the, the Patrioticals. We're here in the old west, or are we? Oh yeah, that's oh. right. Kate comes back to the gold mine and was like, and then uh, the evil people, evil Matthew, Isaac, and uh, Dave come back to the gold mine. They're like, hey, we robbed the bank. It was super cool. And then Kate comes back down. She's like, I saw some shimmering in the air. It was like, it did not look normal. And uh, Karun was like, oh, we have one of those in space. It's like a, like a holodeck kind of deal. <laughs> like, this is a simulation. We're not in the old West or whatever you guys call so, it. Legit could just be like dust and or glitter in the air. But he was like, <laughs> oh, shit. No, that's definitely a holodeck. Karun knows. You guys are off. She explained it in such a way where it can only be this. And he agreed. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is when she was explaining it, she did a much better job explaining it than you did. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I let people visualize things in their imagination. Yeah. Stop being lazy listeners. <laughs> yeah. You do Mikey's job. You know how you would love to have like sex with someone in real life, but like, you can't? Well, what if you could make it feel like you could? Holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, Karun, like, how does like holodecks work? And they're like, um, there should be something that controls the whole simulation that's inside of it. And um, Sasha was like, oh, when we were here, there's a train that just goes around and around and never stops. And I thought that was weird. But I just thought it was like an Old West thing, but I noticed it was the same train. It was almost like an Old West World thing. Yeah, this is definitely not a ripoff of West World. <laughs> no, it's definitely Snowpiercer. <laughs> Holy shit, that movie's terrible. People love that movie. I know, and it's I'm like, terrible. Ugh. So Isaac was like, easy, let's just attack the train. And they're like, yeah, sure, let's go do that. <laughs> let's just go attack the train, guys. I mean, they did just rob a bank. I don't think hijacking a train is out of the question yeah so they they all go to the train tracks that are like circling their little simulation there's just like a giant christmas tree in the middle for no reason (laughs) 
I wish. That's wait, wait till December. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait till the Patreonicals get Hallmark movie themed. Uh, they're going to the North Pole this year. Oh. <laughs> Is this train the Polar Express? Can they do it because somebody falls in love with someone that turns out to be secretly Santa? <laughs> yes. Oh. We, you guys know spoilers. <laughs> okay, we're getting off track. Okay, so Evil Matthew's like. Let's throw Dave in front of the train and like his innards will stop up the gears because he like regenerates or whatever. He can he can die at least in the holodeck. Right. No, I think his like special power is he dies and comes back. You think you wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) His special power is both immortality and regeneration from any type of death. Right. But he feels the pain. Yeah. Just like Logan. Anyway, they throw the body under the train. (laughs) And they sacrifice Dave. It slows it down and they all hop on and Kate flies on top. Matthew gets to the, the, the conductor who is like a creepy robot guy. And is like, Tristan, he, they, they see he's like a cyborg. Just basically a guy from Westworld. So Tristan <laughs> connects his uh, <laughs> some sort of like robot leprechaun kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tristan hooks up to him with a USB cable and they find out how to turn off the simulation and Eddie was like, well, if it's a simulation, how is I talking to the animals? That is a good question. This is a level of continuity that I have not come to expect from your stories. And how did they eat a person? Well, Tristan was like, it simulates all of that. Oh, okay. but also I was hearing the animals as well, but I wasn't telling you because I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Eddie was like, oh, dang. Well, I want to destroy it. <laughs> so uh, Eddie and Matthew um, end up throwing a bunch of coal into the steamer engine and, and then like it starts overheating and everybody has to jump off and it blows up and the whole world goes black. And that's the end of the week. If Kate can fly, why did they need to throw Dave under the train to slow it down? If Tristan is a super advanced cyborg, why haven't they nailed cordless technology? Why did he have a USB? That's confusing to me. Uh, will Dave be immortal out of the holodeck? Find out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so if you would check out their podcasts at consequenceofsound.net, that'd be great. Do whatever you want. You can also check out our stuff at horrorvirgin.com, and you can check out us on social at horrorvirgin. We three have another podcast that we would love you to check out that is called Romancing the Pod, where we do hilarious breakdowns of romantic and romantic comedy movies. It's pretty great. So check it out if you haven't already. Uh, if you want to follow us all individually on social, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere but Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. And Mikey everywhere is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. Uh, you can also catch Paige on her other two podcasts, Black Card Rehab and The Cult Podcast, which are all great podcasts. Check them out. And if you want to help financially support this show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where we have legit hours and hours of bonus audio and video content for you to absorb and enjoy. So please do that. And if you can't afford to do that, but still want your daily free content, check out the Horror Virgin Facebook group, where we have 1,400 awesome family members who talk daily. Like, they are in the 20s to 30s of posts daily in that group it's amazing it's an amazing supportive awesome family of horror aficionados and horror virgins we have a few people that are like me who don't like scary movies that uh commiserate over what scares them <laughs> that's gonna be it for us guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd guys keep it spooky have a great week bye
Toby's secret. I'm single. <laughs> That's not a secret, Mikey. <laughs> Everybody knows it's that. Toby. I'm Toby now. <laughs> Toby is single, ladies. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn looking for love in these mean streets. Hit me up at 555. <laughs> Email me at championbeefcake at hotmail.com. <laughs> God, I'm tired of this. That movie, Mikey, What If, was terrible. All right, we're, we got to. Here's, here's my last secret oh. I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> Toby's agoraphobic. That's why he sleeps in the call space. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.